The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty podcast. Elaine here, how are you all doing? I hope that you are looking after yourselves, being kind to yourself and each other. Happy Halloween everybody. I hope that you are having a great Halloween, uh, getting yourself dressed up, eating lots of sweets, watching some scary movies if that's your thing or maybe you're like me and watching Adam's Family, Adam's Family Values and then probably Practical Magic because that's about as scary as I'm gonna go (laughs) so it's not that I'm not a horror fan it's just that it scares the living daylights out of me that is absolutely our Louise's bag and she loves it so I hope she's watching all of them right now um tonight you're getting a little special episode I chat with the writer and creator of Through the Mud Afia Campbell and performer Tanashi Warakanwa. Through the Mud opens on the 2nd of November at the Lyceum Theatre in Edinburgh. All details for Through the Mud are in the show notes of today's episode. Really great episode, we talk about the premise of the show, Black Lives Matter movement, civil rights and how far we've come and what it means for the two women of colour to be part of this production. If you support the work that Persistent and Nasty do, well, we need you now more than ever, my friends. If you are able to financially support us in any way, we would be extremely grateful. You can do that by following the links in the show notes of today's episode to become a Persistent Pal or a Nasty Hero or to donate the price of a cup of tea or coffee to us. For those of you who already donate to us, we are extraordinarily grateful and I really truly mean that. Like, you have no idea Um, what your donation does um, for us and for our community at large so thank you thank you thank you and for those of you who are unable to financially support us just now you can help in many other ways and one of those ways is by liking downloading subscribing and reviewing the episodes it really does make a huge difference and gets our incredible guests heard by as many people as possible you can also shout about us on social media Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty, TikTok Persistent and Nasty. Check out the website at www.persistentandnasty.co.uk where you will find incredible blogs written by amazing artists. And if you would like to submit a blog, please do so. All the details for that are on the website and just follow them. Or you can send us an email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. You can follow Louise and I on social media as well. Louise is at Ms. Louise Oliver on both Instagram and Twitter. And I am at Elaine Stirrett on Twitter and at Elaine.Stirrett on Instagram. Oh, it's Halloween. So I think have whatever you want. Maybe you're not even going to have a drink tonight. Maybe it's just going to be loads of sweets, um, loads of chocolate, um, maybe some nuts, or maybe you're going to have some witch's brew or, you know, you could always just have a good old cup of tea. Sit back, relax and enjoy.
the show is through the mud through the mud we are going to talk about through the mud um in a little bit but before we do that I would love to let the listeners know a little bit more about both of you how you got yourself involved in this mm, wonderful tricky challenging <laughs> joyful industry of ours I'm trying to see you on the positive note <laughs> <laughs> who wants to go first um okay uh so I went to theater I went to school for drama study theater performance and um yeah I always thought I was on track to be an actress I, oh goodness sorry <laughs> and that's all yeah, right <laughs> yeah I thought um I would be doing mostly like I don't know what I thought initially my career was going to look like, but ultimately after auditioning for some years, I realized that I wasn't going up for the things that I knew I was capable of doing. And so that's how I started writing. And, and when I, the first piece I wrote is called black is the color of my voice. And um, that piece I wrote um, back in 2013, I went on a bit of a, personal voyage because it's about Nina Simone's life and she has spent a lot of time abroad and so I decided I wanted to spend time abroad so I like moved to Shanghai and um and that's where I first wrote the piece and and I brought it to Edinburgh Fringe and that's how I ended up coming to Edinburgh and meeting my partner and meeting wonderful people in the industry and um and that's how I end up here. <laughs> so did you train as an actor in the U.S.? I trained as an actress, yes, in the U.S. Yeah. and whereabouts? Um, in Florida, at Florida International University. <laughs> I got my bachelor's of fine arts there, and um, and then moved to New York after I finished that. Um, yeah, with story eyes and <laughs> big expectations there. <laughs> I mean, right? I think we've all got that. I think you need yeah. to have it at the start, otherwise you just yeah. need to start. <laughs> be like, no. <laughs> Yeah. And what about you? Um, so as a teenager, I originally was going to be a dancer. I really wanted to be a dancer. And then I auditioned for drama school and I got put on the musical theatre course. And I was like, what is going on? What the hell? And I did three years of musical theatre and I thought I would just be kind of ensemble dancer, singer almost. Um, just kind of in musicals. And you know, the industry is so crazy and you can't choose what you're going to do. So I went down the kind of actor route, like the universe just put me down that road, that, yeah, road. And um, yeah, and I've, I really fell in love with acting and I just kind of would love to do straight acting work. And, you know, I do tend to do plays with songs, but um, yeah, it's just a whole new world. And yeah. Who did you train? I actually trained in Edinburgh. I trained at the MJ Academy. Oh. Yeah. So I'm back in the old stomping ground. It's been great to like do a show where I trained and just kind of see how far life has taken me and how far I've come. It's quite mad, yeah. Yeah. I think there's something really lovely about that, isn't it? Um getting that kind of full circle moment of coming back somewhere when you've done all the other stuff and then you turn back up and you're like, oh wow, I actually have done I have done the journey hate the journey words can't think of another one right now but you know you've done that pathway and it becomes really interesting um for you and I because I think sometimes as a a artist we can kind of get lost and forget um the the achievements that we've got oh yeah 100% I think also 
I don't know what it is, but even yesterday we were doing um we were on the radio and um she started saying shows I've been in and I got really embarrassed and I was like, Oh stop, like that's so embarrassing, like stop like send my C V. But then I was just like, No, like that's what I've done. I need to yes. own that. It's quite weird how you're like as artists we do forget or we try to like since we're done a project we push it away and we're yes. just kind of done with it uh, and I'm like what shows did she mention like what what <laughs> <laughs> oh I'll send you my cv <laughs> send me your cv <laughs> <laughs> um so you two are working together right now on a show that is going to be opening on Thursday yes look very excited my gosh very excited is this your and that's your first a uh, performances, right? Yeah. Through the mud, yes. yes yeah. Yes. Um. It's so a- tell us about through the mud, and then tell us it would be great to hear about your rehearsal process and working together. What you find, what's been brilliant and challenging, and just all that joy of a rehearsal process. Uh yeah. So through the mud is a reimagining of the piece I wrote back in two thousand seventeen called Woke. And and I've always kind of been thinking about, well, initially I always wanted to have two characters, but um, I was producing it myself back in 2017. And then it just came down to finances. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to take this challenge and play two characters, <laughs> which, um, yeah, it was it was fun to do it then. But I didn't think it gave enough. Obviously, there wasn't enough room for me to try and tell two stories fully and and not saying that Asada's story is told in its entirety, but there is a bit more of her story that's told where people can get more of an understanding of um, who she is. Oh, sorry. One sec. That's okay. I think someone's uh, trying to contact Avia, so yeah. She's a uh, popular. <laughs> Tanashi, do you want to um, chat to me about uh, the rehearsal process just, just now? Yeah, it's been, do you know what, it's been a very challenging process, but I think it's been such a learning curve. I think this isn't the first time I've had to act with someone who's also write, wrote it. Right. Um. So that's new. And I think there, at first there was a bit of a pressure because she'd also played the character. Not only did she write it, she's played it. So she knew yeah. her at the beginning. She did know her better than I did. So, um. Yeah, that's be- that was just a bit of a challenge to get over. But, you know, they're so... Caitlin, our director, and Afia are so open and so um, have really allowed me to just take the reins on her, I think. And, um, yeah, also doing an American accent with someone who's American was very... <laughs> was challenging as well. <laughs> just having to own that and just, yeah, trust the training. And, yeah, yeah. it's been fun and tuning into her as well has been interesting and um yeah she's always good with tips and tricks along the way as well um but yeah it's just been I mean it is that thing of a performer right you think you're nailing the accent and then someone who's actually from it from that place is like "Mm, yeah I know dear Lyceum I can't can't help but notice (laughs) (laughs) or or they're or they're like you're absolutely you've got it it's great and then the kind of like oh the joy that you get from that of going yes this is amazing yeah definitely yeah but I um, have to do quite a few accents in this um, as well because I'm just playing, we both play multiple characters. So it's, it is a bit of a, just whapping out everything, every accent I have, bringing everything I have to the table. It's crazy. 
Oh, Bradley, I kind of love those shows, right? Where you're using all your tools and you're just like, you just get to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fun because the, all the um, characters as well are so different. So you, it's really just showing a range of, it's just been challenging, <laughs> a range of what I could do. And I'm surprising myself sometimes of like how quick I can change stories, I guess. And people, it's, it's fun. It is really fun. It's like being a kid again. Love it. Great. Yeah. Afia, you are um, back. So uh, yeah. Through the Mud, uh, oh the reincarnation of Woke. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, I wrote it uh, back in 2017, and back then, yeah, always had ambitions of trying to have two actresses, but um, just at the time I couldn't do it. So it was really wonderful um, when Caitlin approached me about, you know, reimagining the piece and trying to, yeah, just bring it to the Lyceum uh, in the fall, and and it's been wonderful, like seeing the piece interpreted, you know, through Tanashi. She's been doing a wonderful job, like just bringing Ambrosia to life. And um, and I threw everything at her, which is really funny because yeah, obviously I was doing all the characters last time and like, I only changed maybe twice and she changed like five or six times. And I'm like, as I'm writing it, when we start going through the read through, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm giving you a lot, honey. <laughs> <laughs> But she's handled it really brilliantly. Um, and it's just been really nice to just, yeah, in a way I've kind of taken a back seat um in this in this performance. Um, not totally, but obviously Ambrosia is like the main character. Um, and so it's just been been wonderful to see how to incorporate uh Asada's story into that and how we can come together to really delineate like the similar journeys of these two characters. For the listeners, can you give us the premise of Through the Mud? So the the Through the Mud is about two women, 42 years apart, who get involved in the civil rights movement. Uh, the first is Ambrosia, and um, she is a fictional character who moves to St. Louis at the beginning of the unrest there and the Black Lives Matter movement. And the second character is Asada Shakur, who's a real-life character, and she was a Black Panther who was... Um, convicted of killing a New Jersey police officer. She was sentenced to life in prison. She was falsely convicted. Um, and she still lives, she's still alive and lives in Cuba to this day. So it goes between the past and the present, just asking that question of like, how far have we come in terms of civil rights? What has been your process of taking Woke and those two ideas of these two characters meeting and then it being obviously based on um, a real life character for you as the writer? what's been the challenges and what's been um, the joys of it? Uh, I guess my my first introduction to Asada Shakur was in college. Um, we all had to, uh, for drama school, we all had to write one person shows. And my friend wrote this beautiful piece about Asada Shakur and I had always loved it. And so like some years ago, like when I was first to Woke, I was like, what are you going to do with that piece? She's like, oh, nothing. Just sitting there and dusting, <laughs> collecting dust. So that I was actually able to use that as a base for Asada's character. And um, I guess in a way, like I was kind of having a political awakening, not as much as not as innocent as Ambrosia's, but, you know, Black Lives Matter started when I was living in Shanghai. And, and so I remember watching the news thinking, 
you know, is it, is it this bad in America? Like, are there tanks? Like, and you see the images of like fire and, and like black people and hearing the stories that it, it's happening. And, and so I just thought that, and also like seeing the way Black Lives Matter was being uh, politicized and, and also being criminalized as well. And just seeing those similarities. So I, I guess in a way I wanted people to have this kind of journey, <laughs> a political awakening um, as well. And I think that Asada's biography does a beautiful job in her own words, like uh, telling her journey of what happened to her. Um, and so that, that was what was really useful um, using that. You don't hear a lot more about her. <laughs> so I guess in a way you don't feel like you're getting it wrong because she does such a beautiful job in her autobiography. Um, and it's not like there's new information coming out at the moment where you're like, wait, no, this isn't, this isn't right. <laughs> like uh, her story is the same and consistent. And, and I think it's been really challenging just trying to figure out like how to sound like her a little bit. <laughs> That's always a challenge. Uh, yeah. when you're doing someone who's a real life person, you want to honor their words and and honor their image and and hope that people are connecting with that person um, as well. And so yeah, it's been it's been really interesting to to try and even with this process, make sure that enough of her story is told, even more so to to honor that and and to make sure people can connect with her did you find anything as a writer this time that um like kind of changed you the way that you write or how you write oh definitely I think yeah because I in 2017 when it was happening yet you know, Trump was in office. And I remember that summer when I was doing it, there was the Charlottesville, um, the March in Charlottesville. And, and, you know, so that impacted a lot, like with my performance. And I think this time around, I just felt it, I guess, a bit more deeper. Um, and there's a, there's a scene or um, that she talks about in her book, uh, because since then I become a mother and she talks about like, you know, she got pregnant while she was um, incarcerated and um, and having a child and making a choice to have that child, knowing that she won't probably be able to spend time with her child. And there's a scene where, she, you know, her daughter's coming to visit and it just impacted me a lot more to understand the loss that she experienced. And um, and I think the loss of just that freedom and, and thinking, you know, when you're trying, when you're being accused of something that you didn't do and you're trying with all your might, you know, to, to prove your innocence, because you can either just lie down and take it or you go down fighting. Right. <laughs> and I often ask myself, like what I would do in that situation, like, would I be the person just being like, I don't know. I don't think I would be the person lying down, but <laughs> I think it's when so much is up against you, you just understand even more like she had no choice but to fight, you know, because what else was she going to do? Her whole life was being taken away from her. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I just understand that a bit more, um, just being a bit older and yeah. lived a bit more. And uh, and it just definitely 
makes me a bit angrier. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a period when I was writing and I'm just angry at the world and I'm like just going out. And I think when someone does something and you're just like, I'm pissed off. Like, I'm just going to fight back. <laughs> I was riding on my bike and this guy pissed me off. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? I'm cycling over here. <laughs> Yeah. So it's got to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that page has got to go somewhere. And to be fair, let's be honest, that guy probably deserved it. So it's oh, fine. Yeah, he definitely deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> How is it merging the two characters? I think the it helps that there's an age difference between Tanashi and I uh, as well. I've never thought about that before, but it's so true. Yeah. yeah. It probably does play into it quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Tanashi, you're playing Ambrosia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Afia plays Asata and other characters to help my story. Got it. Sorry. I got confused. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, <laughs> for the balance for you then, I guess actually as well, um, Afia is the writer and the person who performed both characters last time. What you're saying is that kind of difference this time of getting to be getting to have someone else be I ambrosia, which means that you get that bit more freedom. Oh yeah, absolutely. I um yeah, it's it's nice to not have to think so much about like there are differences with my body, how it changes, but it's not a lot happening in my head as before. <laughs> where I'm like okay I'm in the past I'm in the present I'm in like oh okay is my body doing this is my body doing that and it's it's also nice to just be able to interact with someone else you know yeah. like on stage like you know I've been touring black for 10 years now and and that show is just me and it's lonely up there <laughs> by yourself and uh and it's a lot I think in a way it's also quite a bit of pressure because when you have those days, like we all do, you know, where you, you're just not feeling it and you got to get that energy from somewhere. And it's nice to know that you can rely on someone else on stage and that we're working together. Um, and that energy I can get from her and she can get from me, uh, that we can do that together. And that's been wonderful this time around. Uh, so Tanashi how is it for you like because by the signs of it the two women the two female characters are quite different in where they are with their activism mm. yeah um and how is that for for you in the sense of being a young a uh, woman in the world right now and how either active we are or not and where do you see yourself fitting in with the character Wow, what a question. Um, I think that we are quite similar, me and the character, because we both grew up, um, I grew up in St Andrews, and I was very much one of the only, you know, people of colour um, in my town, and Ambrosia is quite similar. So she kind of learns about, um, you know, police brutality and how racist the world is through our system. And yeah, because I remember the first time I ever heard about someone being killed by the police was when I was 14 years old and it was Sandra Bland and it was through, um, what was that app called? Uh, Tumblr, it was through Tumblr, if you remember that. And so I kind of learned about it and then I got, I started listening to music like NWA and then I got passionate about it, but it felt 
it's definitely something I've had to learn. And that's Ambrose's journey through the show is that she is kind of innocent and doesn't isn't aware and then she becomes a product of that um so yeah there is I mean just now in the world there's so much going on and there's this I really iconic line in the show I don't want to give too much away but there's an iconic line where um you know Asata does and Asata said in real life like if you know what's happening in the world and you do nothing then you're nothing but a punk she says it way better than I said it and it's kind of just put a shift back in myself again and like sometimes I feel like it's so easy for us in this part of the world to sit back and and to not pay attention to all the things that are happening but actually you know we know what's happening we have the education um and we should use our voices and I think that's the really amazing thing about the show it's a reminder to to get into gear and to use our power I love that and that was actually going to be my next question obviously you're both women of color and Mm -hmm. your play is about black lives matter the movement and obviously the civil rights movement beforehand so I guess asking the question of how that makes how has that made rehearsals for both of you as well because I can only imagine that it's challenging some days and other days like the rage is there and then the moments of have we moved on which is that you said Afi at the start about the question of where we are with civil rights where are we with it in this time so for both of you as women of color and in the rehearsal process how has that felt on a day-to-day basis what has that brought up for you well I thought that rehearsals were going to be really heavy and dark it's such a serious topic but like on first day I was ready to you know get method and just feel dark all day but Afia is so funny like first day she was like where's the sweets at we can stop scenes and have a laugh she's so good at um switching on and off I think I don't know if you agree with that Afia but you're so good at being in a scene like you will literally be like crying in a scene and then you'll two minutes later when this is like okay like stop Afia like, <laughs> like joking around I'm like that is a bit crazy I love it but it's been so much fun. I think we have managed to just have a really fun experience and not not get too much in the heaviness. I think Caitlin especially has been like, is everyone okay along the way? I mean, after like, this is just another Tuesday. Like, it's so fine. Like, we're used to this kind of topic, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I guess, yeah, it's been nice that it's like a very safe environment. Like, Caitlin has created for us. And... And and I think you know there we have to break up the hard times with with humor. <laughs> and I'm quite a lighthearted person, um, even though all my work is quite heavy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been it's been really wonderful to explore things in a space that that feels really safe to do that. And when there's been when we've had to have times where we need a little bit of room that it's there you know, and we have these conversations and that there's, you know, obviously the most of the creative team are are not people of color, but that they ask questions and that they're trying to understand and be on the same page. It's just really been wonderful. And just having the freedom to tell the story the way I feel like the story needs to be told. And, and that Caitlin's just been really brilliant about help like assuring that that happens um and also sometimes challenging 
uh, me when <laughs> which is needed as well you know uh, as a writer performer um I could be quite like strong-headed <laughs> so it's nice to have someone who's also ready to go with me <laughs> as well <laughs> I love that you have found that balance. It's obviously really important for whatever we're a uh, we're doing, but obviously for yourself and you know with Caitlin, you're in good hands because you know she's always going to make sure that it's a safe space. Um, mm. I guess I think I would really like my next question probably is more for you, Afia, in the sense of what do you hope that the audience gets from through the month? Uh, I guess I'm always hoping that people come to my work and and walk away with some empathy towards the situation I guess I I never really want to tell people what to think about the work <laughs> uh, I guess that, that's one thing I've had the privilege of seeing you know performing a show for 10 years and in various parts of the world all over the world you know people from all over the world have gotten something else that I didn't really think about when I was writing it so I'm always interested to see what people take away from it themselves and the conversations it sparks and um and hopefully like you know there's there's a struggle happening not just within the black community but all over the world you know we look at the news every day and it's one war after another but everyone has their own struggle and I think is trying to understand even either if it's in America or if it's in Israel and Gaza at the moment or Ukraine, like just trying to look deeper to understand what the problem is and what people are fighting for and not taking things at face value and trying to figure out how you can be an ally or just have empathy for people in those situations. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Um. I think my next question is probably for both of you. If there's a moment in the play that really has resonated with you and continues to resonate with you, if you could give us a little snippet of that, just like what it is and what's happening for the listeners, um, that would be great. Oh, let me think. Uh, I know one moment for me that always affects me is um, when Asada is finally free. And I think... Um, cause there's like a really beautiful moment, um, not giving anything away, but, you know, just kind of visualizing what freedom looks like for her. And I find that feeling of relief and freedom to be so liberating, um, and also really emotional. I, I think we all have times in our lives when we've maybe felt like trapped or we felt like we're struggling to to get out of something, you know, and maybe it's not as deep as like getting out of prison with Asada, but I think that feeling of freedom and relief is something hopefully we can all um, connect with. And for me, it's a moment that it always makes me really emotional um, thinking about her finally being free. And, and so that's one of my favorite moments in the show. <laughs> Great. Um, I think for me is, um, at the very end of the show, um, Afia, sorry, Afia Ambrosia, my character, she starts to um, chant, you know, um, these different chants. And I think I, the more that 
the more she chants, the more she gets into it, and the more the she there's a realization um, of what she needs to do and who she needs to become. I think, and I think that's just um, a moment that I just really enjoy and is very powerful just for me as the actor um and hopefully is going to be a powerful for the audience um but yeah I think that's the moment I think really resonates with me amazing um I'm hoping that you'll get a full tour of through the mud um, oh. like, that's <laughs> that would be uh lovely but um for everyone who can go and see it you open on Thursday the second at the Lyceum and you're there until Saturday the 4th of November. Uh, I will link all uh, details for the show in the show notes of today's episode, including the link for tickets, so everybody can get themselves to the Lyceum and uh, see these two incredible people. Um, since it's Halloween, I <laughs> thought I would just ask a little silly question. Um, on what is your favourite Halloween movie? Oh, Hocus Pocus. Love it. Do you like Hocus Pocus too? I love all the Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I really like Hocus Pocus too. I think it's great. And it got totally slagged when it came out last year. And I was like, no. I know. I mean, it's camp. It's what it's it camp. is. It's I love it. The joy. Yeah. yeah. And actually, what about you? Oh, I'm trying to think because I know I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, I should have said that. You can voice note me if you need to and I'll <laughs> add it in. <laughs> That's what actually said. Oh, gosh, I can't even think of any right now. I'm just trying to think of horror movies. I feel like the older I get, the less I can watch. I just can't stomach a lot of things anymore. Yeah. Um, like when I was a teenager, I really could just sit and watch Saw like casually in the morning like and not be affected by it. Um. <laughs> Halloween it's not that great but it reminds me of Halloween and maybe the woman in black I know that's going to be a really awful answer but I feel like I just watch it every year at Halloween so it just brings like nostalgia back but it's actually I mean if it makes you feel any better my top would probably be the Adams family okay okay and the Adams family values because um you know Angelica Houston as Morticia Adams yeah it's quite iconic though that's a great yeah, one. I mean, yes, please. Um, and they probably practical magic because you know. I've never seen that one. Oh, I love it's great. I mean, if Louise was here, she would give you a whole rundown in horror movies. I'm on the whole opposite end. I want the witchy with the good vibes at the end. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was um, to think, is Scream Two or Scream any of those were those Halloween movies? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it was scary. It's Halloween, no. Oh, I don't know. I was just thinking about the Wayans brothers. Were they doing that? <laughs> like like a comedy? I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. Like I mean, a- also Blair Witch did terrify me and I've talked about it so many times on the podcast. Like, it mm-hmm. absolutely terrified me. Um, The other thing that we like to ask our guests before we finish up is we're called Persistent and Nasty. Um, Taken from when we were formed uh, kind of two political moments, both happen to be American. Um, The first one in... Uh, nevertheless she persisted about Elizabeth Warren and then the second one is a reclamation of words really um, because we really want to those words that are used against us um, particularly those of us um, who are femme presenting like bossy bitch witch all of those that tend to be a criticism when actually 
I think they're pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and nasty was used by the previous president of the United States to Hillary Clinton when she dared to give him some actual facts. And then there was a Twitter storm. Then it was the has- hashtag nasty women. So that is why we are persistent and nasty. Wow. Um, so I wanted to ask um, both of you, what do you think, feel when you see or hear the phrase persistent and nasty? Uh, bitch. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love how straight in you were, Avia. There was like no messing about it. Right. <laughs> oh, gosh. I think. There's no Sorry, pressure, the by the way. It can be. And also, it doesn't need to be a good thing. Like, if it gives you, like, I really like, it's all right, too. No, but I I was about to say sorry to burst the bubble, but I think it I think it's a neg like I love the name, but when if someone was to call me persistent and nasty, I would I would view that as a negative, but maybe that's something I need to work on. Maybe that's my goal for the week to claim being nasty and persistent. I love it. <laughs> I think I feel like I, as I'm, oh sorry. No, go, 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 please go. Oh, um I just I guess I I think as I've gotten older and like definitely because I produce my own work and that kind of stuff, you know, you end up in these circles where you have to be like a bit forceful. And I remember there was a time when I used to be quite timid and I was like, I wouldn't say as much um, as an artist and think, oh, I need to just be a bit more cooperative and like a kinder, not to say I need to be rude, but I remember that there was a situation where these men these white men were not happy and the way they responded was in a way they weren't happy and I saw how people just acquiesced and like knelt down to make the situation right for them and I'm like oh my god if I did that like people be like she's a bitch she's this and that and I'm just like so every day I adorn my privileged white man and (laughs) I say you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna speak up for myself and I'm gonna like pretend like I'm a privileged white man <laughs> and like not <laughs> my voice and and I guess that's what I say bitch it's like oh yes I'm gonna take the title of a bitch uh because yeah. I am gonna be persistent and maybe people might think I'm nasty and they might call me a bitch but at least I'm letting my voice be heard and my opinion <laughs> I absolutely love it um <laughs> I do know what you mean, though, um, Tanashi, because I think, like, at first when Louise was like, oh, well, we call it persistent and nasty, I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. And then I was like, very much what you're saying, Afi, I was like, yes, because actually a guy would never get called persistent for a bad reason that would be like, oh, he's so persistent, he works so hard, he does yeah. so much. And it's just, like, reclaim it all and be like, yeah. yeah. He's a perfectionist, you know? he's yeah you know he just is really hard working it's, it's hard to please him but he's a genius <laughs> yeah oh god I mean we could definitely talk more about that um thank you both so much for joining me today and thank you for putting up with my scrambled brain it's been um, a bit of a like 24 hours um and you are both in the middle of rehearsals and I really appreciate you taking the time to come and chat with me um and I really hope that Everybody gets to see through the mud. Um, and once again, that's on at the Lyceum from the 2nd of November until the 4th of November. All details are in the show notes of today's episode. Um, Tanashi and Afia, thank you for coming and chatting today. Thank no worries, you. thank you. Um, and until next time, lovely listeners, 
Stay nasty. Yeah. <laughs> She's so nasty.